Good afternoon, my friends. Happy Saturday. Today is the 15th of January, 2022. It is fucking freezing cold. Okay? Just about midday here. 18 degrees out. I fucking installed a light fixture on my front stoop. Going to Lowe's right now to get some bowls. Let me tell you, fucking hands were fucking falling off. I was so cold, oh, burst. Freezing cold. This will fucking kill you, this weather, man. Woo! Stay inside, stay warm. I do have some snivel gear in the back seat. I am going to take a little, little hike. Gather my thoughts. Get some exercise in just a little bit later. But right now, I'm heading down to Lowe's. Get some light bulbs for that fixture. I want... I want this to pop, you know. I really want these fucking our lights that adorn our house to pop, and when the fucking delivery guys come, as they do on Friday and Saturday nights, food preferably, but you know Amazon packages and all that bullshit too. I want it to light the way. Let's see what's going on, my friend. So I, I did one podcast, maybe two, last week. It was, I'm not going to lie to you, it was a tough week. It was um, always therapeutic. It's always therapeutic to be at the office. You know, we had a pretty busy week considering that just about everyone you know is falling prey to the COVID cooties. That's what I do. I like to make fun of it. I like to give it a little pet name. Just to make fun of it a little bit, to uh, demoralize it, you know. Circle, circle, dot, dot, we got the cootie shot. You should have it if you listen to this podcast. You should know how I feel about that. It's a very simple, safe and effective, sensible thing for you to do to prevent severe illness or death. All right? Even with this variant, which is new, the Omicron, or not so new now, the latest variant, it, it's transmitted very fucking easily, very quickly, right? Everybody's getting it. It's fucking like, it's gone viral, I guess you could say. Yeah. I don't know. A dozen of my patients saying either they were exposed or someone they knew was sick or um, quarantining, canceling appointments. I had somebody who had a quarantine one week, and then the following, he didn't even have it, he was just exposed, and then the following week, he got it, last week, you know, so a lot of, a lot of freaking uh, alarms, not all of them are, are, are true, there's some false alarms that are coming in, in terms of just people trying to be safe, trying to, I don't know, I was exposed, somebody calls you up, or text message, hey, I just want to let you know that uh, I have COVID, you know, I always tell my tell the, uh, the my analogy. Of course, it's like remember back in the day when the fucking cooties were brand new, and everybody, if you knew somebody, if you heard about somebody who had them, you're like, oh my god, they have the COVID nineteen, and you almost looked at them like they were dirt balls or something. You know, like how irresponsible. They must not be being safe. Oh, they're not vaccinated. They're not doing it. Whatever it was, sometimes it was true, and it you know, almost almost did seem like it was 
like they tempted fate. It wasn't a big deal, fuck it, no big deal. And then they get it, and most people that I know that have had it, which is many at this point, they've lived to tell about it, but many of them have had a horrible experience in terms of illness, you know, feeling wiped out well after they tested negative, after quarantining and doing all that shit, so... No joke, and I do not recommend you fuck with it. You know? God, it's an interesting story. Listen to this. Get a load of this story. I mentioned, I've mentioned a few times now that I have a friend who is in the hospital on a respirator. Well, he died yesterday. Okay, this is a guy that I knew pretty well. Uh, he's a good man, good person, good friend, and I do believe, thought this all was a bunch of bullshit, wasn't going to be a problem, you know, just be healthy, he's a big time fitness buff, not a Harvard educated guy, but he was no, no slouch, seemed like a pretty reasonable measured guy, but seemed to be thinking that this wasn't going to affect him and that there shouldn't be any lockdowns or public health precautions and it's all a political ploy for money or whatever. I mean, I I didn't talk to him about it, but it's a lot of stuff, you know, that he was saying, I I believe. Bit him in the ass a little bit, so may God rest his soul, okay? God rest his soul. If he was 40, maybe. Maybe he was 40 years old. And so he's been in for the last month or more, two months, he's been in the hospital on a ventilator. And I talked to some family recently. I saw, you know, somebody told me that he passed. And I talked to some of his family, family member recently, and they said, yeah, you know, um, basically insinuated at the hospital, don't go to that hospital, you know, take my word for it. And, you know, with empathy, with sympathy, I definitely, you know, I mentioned, listen, you know, I don't know anything about emergency medicine, which isn't entirely true, but really, I mean, I don't, I'm not a specialist in that area, so I don't know about medications or protocols or what they do, but I do know that there's something called a standard of care. The family seems to be upset that they wouldn't administer certain medications over others or seems to be a matter, I think there was a lawsuit or something like that, it seems to be a matter probably about ivermectin or other medications that that the hospital does not use in their protocol and the, you know, the groups that are charged with regulating medicines in the United States have determined that the medication like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, they're not safe and effective. 
for the treatment of COVID-19. I know that there's some rumors out there that it's saving lives or it's, you know, they're trying to keep it from us, the the secret, to conceal the fact that this is a miracle drug. I, I haven't seen data that support that. And I'm not a research scientist, but I think that if it comes between me believing a family of the bereaved who feels like their loved one was injured or believe somebody on, you know, a, you know, a Fox News anchor or a YouTube, you know, podcast or something like that. Or listening to the Centers for Disease Control and the FDA, I'm going to choose the latter, okay? Because there's a whole bunch of people whose jobs it is to make sure that we do the right things in terms of medicine. Now, this we don't always, you know, we make mistakes. Of course, there's a an opioid epidemic that is, um, you know, basically the result of these being very opioids being very effective pain control medicines, but people get hooked on them and get addicted and it ruins their lives and their health and and everybody else that's around them. So, I mean, that's that's a known thing. And the pharmaceutical industries, of course, uh, they produce many of these medicines. And many people died. And for a long time, they looked the other way. Until it just became so glaring that we were fucking people over and that the it wasn't, we need to find other methods to deal with these things. And now, good luck trying to find anything beyond an NSAID or a steroid for um, pain control and inflammation of, uh, a reduction of inflammation. So I'm just acknowledging here that the... Um, medical establishment, the scientific community, that the pharmaceutical companies, no, they're not fucking completely um, noble, and they're not always right, but they're usually right. Like, if you were going to look at the experts and really, you know, try to determine what you should do, you know, what sort of treatment your loved one should be getting at the hospital if, God forbid, they get in the hospital with COVID, you're at the mercy of these people, and it is their job. They go in every day to do their job and use those analogies. You know, are you a plumber? Are you an electrician? Are you a school teacher? Are you a, um, a salesperson? You would look to somebody, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the, the standards, the standards of practice. And in many cases, in all those industries, if you do something fucked up, if you put in the wrong uh, gauge of wire or the wrong type of pipe or conduit or construction materials or you, um, you don't follow the, the, um, the standards of teaching your subject, pedagogy, they call that. If I don't follow standards of care, as a doctor of chiropractic, and I just start saying, oh, well, this is all, this is, oh, yeah, I can cure the common cold, and just come in, and I'll solve all your problems with just, a, you know, cracking your spine. 
because I'm, I'm, uh, you know, channeling Jesus Christ or something like that. You know, same thing with the medical doctors and even more so because this is emergency fucking medicine. Like they know they, they get the word is passed. Like it's documented. This is what we're going to do now for treating this particular condition. So the notion that, you know, all these, that the emergency medical establishment is uh, killing people because they're not rendering these miracle drugs, I think it sounds too good to be true. It sounds a little bit like a bridge too far, a bit of a conspiracy. Our iatrogen, is iatrogenesis or um, medical-induced injury and death, is that a real thing? Sure. Was a uh, surgeon just um, made the news and is going to jail because he would put his initials on the livers of the patients whom he conducted surgery on? Yes. You know? Do, do human beings uh, generally, are they capable of stupid shit? Absolutely. And we're not always right. But we're more right than we've ever been. You can bet your ass that if you go to the hospital and you have a heart attack, they're going to do the following things. They're going to take your blood pressure. They're going to take your pulse and respiration. They're going to hook you up to a bunch of freaking machines that monitor your vital signs. They're going to hook you up to an EKG, an electrocardiogram, to see if your heart, its conduction system, its electrical system, is functioning properly. Yeah. And then they're going to determine, you know, what the, they might do a cardiac cath. They might do some, uh, you know, some imaging to determine what's going on, how to troubleshoot that particular organ, right? You know, a pulmonologist looking at the lungs of somebody with COVID-19 and the lungs are all fucked up. Imagine all these little airways, all these little balloon-like structures inside the, what's called the parenchyma of the lung. These are called alveoli. Very, very thin walls. This is where when you breathe in, oxygen is scrubbed from the air and it goes into your bloodstream, into your arterial system, and that oxygen goes to every cell in your body, which gives them, allows them to breathe. The cells, all of your cells to breathe. So the lungs transport oxygen from the air to every cell in your body, and they need that or else things die. Meanwhile, it gets rid of the CO2, which is like our the exhaust of all of our cells. My truck is idling in the Lowe's parking lot right now. That's the CO2, me getting rid of that. So meanwhile, in order for my engine to combust and to, um, in the cylinders, For the internal combustion engine to do its thing, right? With the 5.7 liters and these eight pistons in there and their cylinders to fire, oxygen and fuel is needed. So human beings have the same thing. So the pulmonologist is a lung specialist. They look at your lungs or somebody's lungs, God forbid, and they're all fucked up. They're not exchanging. They're not conducting gas exchange. You're struggling to breathe. They're going to put you on a fucking... They're going to intubate you. They're going to put an airway open an airway and you're going to take this fucking thing put it down your mouth now you're not breathing on your own anymore you need help there's a whole process for doing this right and this has been two years that they've been going through this uh, 
this pandemic and there's a lot of information coming in and it's not, it's new stuff to us to a degree, you know, we haven't had anything like this, of course, in a, in a, in a while. So this is some serious business. I still have some folks out there, my grumpy old man at the office, who thinks that this is the common, you know, it's like the, the common cold, maybe the flu. And that they just want to sell you vaccines. It's all about money. The doctors want to make money. They want you in the hospital sick because they make more money. And the nurses and everybody else. I guess they just want to keep everything going. Keep the paychecks coming in. Why the fuck would somebody do that? Why would a doctor, an emergency medicine physician, you realize the stress that they're under. And they go to these hospitals every day and get kicked in the fucking nuts or the fucking labia. Okay? Every day. And they, they assume their shift. I had a nurse come in yesterday who it works in the ER part-time now. She used to work there full-time, but she got a... Nurses are running from... Healthcare providers are running from uh, urgent care, emergency medicine, because it's fucking painful, and there's not enough money that they could pay you to endure that beating every day. I mean, do you know a nurse? Do you know a doctor? What are they saying? What, what, what stories are they telling you? I know the stories that they're telling me. This nurse that I talked to yesterday said she was fucking having a panic attack. Just going in for like a five-hour shift. Because it's a shit show. And they're trying. They're trained and they're doing their best to save people's lives. And there's a still a percentage of the population that thinks that this isn't even a thing. That it's a non-issue. That we should just open everything up and it's not a big deal. And it's just going to go away. Well, I hope it does. You know, I'm optimistic that the Omicron is mild. But I'll tell you, it whatever variant infected my friend, he just died. He died yesterday. Alright, so before you start saying that because, you know, you're a rough and tumble guy or you, or you, you know, hit the gym five days a week and, and, and live a vegan lifestyle. Before you start claiming victory, you better be fucking careful. You better watch your tongue. And you better really think, like do some critical thinking and and try to look on both sides of an issue. Okay? Yeah. Really look on both sides of an issue. Risk versus benefit. Right? Like it's a imagine it's a product that you're buying because that's what Americans love to do. We love to buy shit. Imagine if it's a, an SUV. Well, I want this SUV. Well, let me look at it. Do I like the looks of it? And I look at the price. What's the price? And I'm going to compare that and see what the prices are. Okay, all things being the same, I want these features. You know, uh, you know, is there a warranty? All these little things. As consumers, aren't we so trained? We're so well trained and experienced in in crunching the numbers and doing our homework and reading reviews and understanding, you know, making that, that, that purchase decision that is going to arrive us at the, at the desired location, desired destination. So why, when it comes to things like our health, which should be the most precious thing that we have to our credit, do we resort to this foolishness? Well, 
of course, I'll go back to the, you know, the bee's nest analogy and the, uh, um, the, the hive mind and the fact that, that yes, mankind, especially Americans, we love to be fearful anyway. All right. We love to, um, look at the fucking tight pants on this guy. Jesus Christ, bro. I don't think you need to wear those goddamn pants. The big ass truck. He's maybe five foot five and he's got these tight ass fucking pants. that are bleached and he's not like a fucking you know it's not a good look I'm just saying my opinion or his wife bought him those pants or whatever when he's walking like 20 feet in front of her like he's in charge fucking pants like that maybe put her in charge maybe I don't know who am I to judge I live in sweatpants so um Fear. We kind of like to be fearful. Am I right? We like to, we love that charge, that excitement of risk. And, you know, we'll complain about our lives and tra- everything from traffic to our job to our relationships and, and just the way the world is. And, like, we have all these opinions on how things, if we were in charge or if things were more along the lines of, of our likes, then everything would be better. But I think we really enjoy just complaining about shit. You know? I really feel, I feel like we do. And we like to be scared. So I'm proposing something. Um, I'm proposing something. I, I wrote a, a couple notes down here. So here goes. Okay, so the title of this podcast is going to be No Fear Here. You know, I try to make it my business in my my entire life, you know, at home, at work. But especially at work, I kind of cut my creativity loose. And it's my I make it my business to try to become a constant, create a constant environment, a constant experience in an incons, in an inconstant, in a stressful, in a, in a uh, random constantly changing world I try to be something where like I'm a safe haven maybe I'll tell some jokes maybe I'm gonna, I'm gonna make somebody feel good you know treating them with my hands I'm gonna work on some muscles stretch people out uh,
she just has not been out and about. She hasn't been living her life the same way. And I, and I know there's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of folks who this has had them on the ropes. They have just fucking, they're forever changed. They might never behave the way they had prior to. This has been very stressful for some folks. It might have broken them mentally in some ways. It's not, it's no offense if that's happened to you. I think it's happened to us all to some degree. But I think that, and I've been doing this all along, but those are my recommendations. Acknowledge the reality. Strive to understand more than you actually do about this. Take the fear away from the pandemic, from the critter, by just arming yourself with knowledge, really understanding things. Don't jump on either side and think.
by necessity. So these, she doesn't, this isn't like, you know, the type of car that I want to buy now. You know, some option or, you know, whether I wear a mask when I go into Lowe's. This is, I could fucking die. You know, this is a life and death situation. I have some serious problems. So she wrote me a couple page email. Many, many words. And eloquently described what she had been dealing with over the past year or so. or so, And how it has changed her life. And now she is scared. And she is, you know, is determined though to change her life. And to, if she needs to, quit her job. If she needs to, she'll quit that fucking job and give up a great living. And that's going to put her at a disadvantage, but she'll do that in order to stay alive, in order to maintain some sort of health and sanity, right? We all would do that. We all would have to do that. So, how urgent is the situation? How real are your stresses today? You know? What are you pouting around about? You ever think about that, you know, where you're having a... I just said, you know, a half hour ago, oh, I had a crazy week. What was crazy about it to me? Well, what was crazy, my weeks are crazy and stressful because I am a an open slate on which people draw on. That's kind of just who I am. I get a big heart for people. I think most people do, but I have, it's almost like a, it's a mission that I'm on. It helps me too, you know, but I'm open to people, man. I care about them. And once they know that, the floodgates open. And so I hear all the stories about everything. About fucking everything. And I'm happy to hear it. But at some point in time, it just it overwhelms me, right? And I need to protect myself and step away a little bit. But when you're an open book like that, when you're... When you're a blank slate for an Etch-A-Sketch for people to write on, um, you hear all this stuff. And so I'm glad I, I, I'm privy to this information. I don't know if other people are. I think that their sphere might be comparatively small. So they don't. They might not know somebody who had, just like they might not have known somebody who had COVID a year ago. And now everybody knows somebody, right? One more thing about COVID I read. You hear about COVID dick? Jesus Christ. If you're if you're a guy and you're tough and you think that this isn't going to bother you, well, maybe it probably won't. But you know that there's some guy, I read that there's a guy, and this is not an uncommon phenomenon. You hear that, how COVID fucks with people's uh, vas- vasculature. It can, it can be injurious to small vessels small capillaries and stuff like that in which all of your anatomy has this stuff well even your dick so um, there's a guy whose dick shrunk by an inch and a half that would suck right 
So maybe you won't die, but maybe your dick will shrink by an inch and a half, two inches. And some people don't have that to spare. So I need to get that stuff out there. I think it's some good content. Yeah, you could talk about this sort of stuff all day, right? Because everybody has had their experiences, so I don't mean to harp on it. But I think the future looks bright, okay, in terms of this. The, the one problem that I have in, t- in terms of the pandemic, I feel like we're going to start coming out of this. and We're only going to get better at dealing with it. There'll be better treatments. There'll be better... You know, more compelling studies about treatments and medications and uh, protocols and care about, you know, care on every level when it comes to this disease process. And there will be other variants and there will be more fear about, you know, what next? Oh, it's not going to happen like like it happened in the COVID times, right? I hope that's not happening again. Imagine that. The fear, the fear, um, the fear factor, the peaks and valleys, incessant peaks and valleys every week. You have a good day, everything's cool, the weekend comes, you're good, Monday morning, oh my God, this is going on, COVID dick. There's no tests. There's no tests. What are we supposed to do, Biden? Let's go, Brandon. Next week, 500 million tests ordered. Now everybody got to get on the website and you can order free tests. I told you, I probably spent $1,000, $1,200 on tests, rapid tests. I'll probably go take one now. But when this is long gone, people are going to be remembering the COVID times. They're going to be talking about it. And they're going to be hating on it. But I, I guess my in closing, I am not certain. No, I am certain that when COVID is long gone, and it's just a story that we tell about the hard times in between 2020 or 2019 and 2022 and three and four and five, whatever, how long is we talking about this for another decade? Um, be particularly wary about it. But when it's long gone, there's going to be another problem that's going to crop up. It might be war. It might be famine. It might be shipping challenges or cyber warfare or hackers or whatever, man. Domestic terrorism. We forgot all about international terrorism, didn't we? You don't hear about so much about um, you know, these other countries that mean us harm. You don't hear too much about that stuff. That doesn't make the headlines anymore. But there'll always be headlines. There'll always be something. Because we can't we can't pull out of this. That's the fucking scary thing. The scary thing is that we cannot extract ourselves. One thing I'm certain we will not extract ourselves from is this addiction to fear. We're too far into it now. Have you thought that the 
the media, the mainstream media, the lamestream media was a, were, was fear mongers. Fuck, man. Brace yourself, because we will uh, unless unless you do meditate, unless you do all the things that I mentioned, of denying, of acknowledging but denying. You know, falling prey to the fear cycle. You're going to be part of this. We're all going to see it around. We're all going to be exposed to it. It's going to be viral for a fucking a persistent virus for many, many years. So don't fucking do that, man. Use those immediate actions that I mentioned. Just, and my final thing is love. Just do things from the point of view of love, all right? Find something to, you know, go look to nature. I'm looking outside here. I didn't even see these fucking trees. I always park right by the island, the little fucking landscape islands in the far reaches of the Lowe's parking lot so I can, you know, just be away from people and do my podcasts and people can look at me and think I'm talking to them, whatever, my old girlfriend or something like that or doing business, but I forget what these trees are called. I look out and I see these beautiful trees. It almost looks like a sycamore. It's got a, a white, almost looks like camouflage. White bark with gray bark, the old bark peeling away from it. And it's got these pods, seed pods. They actually look like little fucking coronaviruses with the, with the uh, spike proteins on them. I forget what it's called. But they're pretty fucking... Oh, sweet gum. These are sweet gums. They're fucking beautiful, man. I'm going to plant a bunch of trees in the uh, in the spring, by the way. I can't wait. So try to do things from the perspective of love. Just be good to people. Look out for one another. Don't be an asshole. Smile at people. Be kind. Try to fucking grin and bear things. Try to, you know, Jedi yourself out of a situation that would normally stress you out or piss you off. And think about other people, you know. Be considerate. Do a good turn. Golden rule, all that shit. That just makes the world a better place, an easier place to live in. Try not to be a fucking asshole. All right. That's 45 minutes podcast. I hope it was worthwhile. Maybe I'll have something again tomorrow. We got some snow coming in. That's another thing, man. You know, of course, uh, I know everybody loves a good snow day, and it gets especially since everybody's going to be off, or the kids and teachers are going to be off for Martin Luther King's birthday. But you got a snow. Oh my God, a storm coming in. It's tw- 18 degrees now. On Sunday night, it's going to be 36. So I don't know how much snow we're going to get. Hopefully, it's just rain. And I can go to work on Monday and not be affected, but that's the fear. Oh my God, the snowstorm! It's going to be like the the snowstorm of the the blizzard of nineteen ninety four or ninety seven, whatever the fuck it was. Shut the fuck up, goddamn pussies! Throw some salt on the fucking lot. That's what I'm going to do right now. Throw some salt on the fucking lot. You know, get your galoshes out. Get some fucking, uh, get some a ski mask or something like that. Find yourself some gloves if you're going to go out. You know, or don't go out. I don't give a fuck what you do. 
you know. But just don't be scared. Don't be like, oh my God. Don't be scared of shit anymore. Just be smart. <laughs>